0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host, Psychic Medium Angelo, joined by my guest host tonight, the man they call Mad Mike Kelleher. Actually, I'm the guy who calls him Mad Mike Kelleher.
1: That's
0: fine. <laughs> Mike Kelleher, how are you, my friend?
1: Hey, I'm great, Angelo. How are you?
0: I'm terrific, brother. So how you doing tonight? You looking good?
1: Hey man, look, I'm uh, sporting my new t-shirt. Fresh off the press,
0: yes, it's a lovely shirt. By the way, look, I want everybody to see. There you go.
2: Look at that.
1: It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, everything's going good. Um, we uh, we have a lot to catch up on, but is, is
0: everybody- oh my god, yeah, busy week in wrestling.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, busy week for us on the show because you know we uh, we said goodbye to Jeff last week. Yeah, and um you know the ref and um so it's been i i've been nonstop, and so yeah we, we we uh have a lot to talk about my friend
0: oh yeah well you know uh jeff's departure from this world left a big gaping hole in a and uh, a lot of lives um felt everywhere especially on this show of course uh, his uh, parents of course his friends his uh his extended family and his uh, his wrestling brothers and sisters all miss him, and his co-host here is lost without him. You know, I tell people, you know, I'm the uh, the host of the show, but Jeff was the star of the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's absolutely. the
0: truth. that there ever was one,
1: you know he um, he was the most unassuming guy, but he could control a room like nobody.
0: Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, larger than life. Uh, I think there's a picture of Jeff, uh, the ref Robinson, next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So let's do some housekeeping. What the yeah. what, what happened? What the hell is going on in wrestling? Well, and, we and, and, and will somebody explain to me why WrestleMania main event has been changed three times already? What are they doing?
1: I don't know if they're just trying to keep people like thrown off. Like, uh, it, it's one of those things. It's like, are they that smart that they're just throwing out these these different matches and then changing them on purpose? Or is there more to it?
0: Well, you know, it's one way of looking at it. I didn't think of it that way. I thought to myself, how fucking stupid could they be? But <laughs> well, you're actually giving them credit for some
1: intellect behind it. Well, I'm giving um, them credit for the possibility of intellect. Ah.
0: Well, y- If you look at it that way, you know, the time-honored tradition in wrestling is just when they think you're going right, make a left, you know, the old swerve. Absolutely. I got to tell you, though, I'm I'm not feeling it. It, it unless they're doing something so old school that I'm not ready for it. Certainly a swerve at this point would be Way out of the norm, well, especially oh, oh. during what they call WrestleMania season. Now, if you consider that, they they normally, and you know this, Mike, they normally play it safe at WrestleMania season because that's their big moneymaker. Mm-hmm. But now, it, to me, it looks like everybody's hands are kind of up in the air and, like, um, we don't know up from down, left from right. We don't know where we're going or how we're getting there. Yeah, But that's that's my cynical take. You know, of course, I'm old, and so I'm, you know, I have the old fart perspective on it. <laughs> the old shaded like wrestling fan. So... You being, you know, the young whoopersnapper, you know. <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, okay. So, Tommy, give me a, a, a youthful perspective on this madness.
1: Yeah, so um, I remember when they were talking about it being um, Bray Wyatt versus um, Roman Reigns or was it originally was it originally uh Bray Wyatt versus The Fiend?
0: Uh no, uh, Bray Wyatt is The Fiend. Um I mean, I mean Roman
1: Reigns, Roman Reigns versus The it Fiend. Would,
0: that was the If you listen to some people, yeah, that was what they were that they was were one of the last towards. things
1: that, that was one of the last things that Jeff threw at me was he said, "Oh, I hope it's going to be Bray versus uh Roman. Bray's going to beat him." It's gonna be great.
0: <laughs> well, and and you know, and he may have had a point, but you know, they put the title on Goldberg. Yeah. So
1: and that switched it.
0: That changes the dynamic dramatically.
1: Well, and then the fiend went after Cena, so that that kind of took him out. And right. So um, what are they saying now? I didn't hear about this latest change. Is there another okay, change?
0: Okay, the latest change is. <laughs> AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. I, Mikey, I did the same thing. I put my head in my hands and shook my head. I just did this just
1: come out today.
0: In the last twenty four hours, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. All right, yeah. So, all right. AJ versus Undertaker. What else?
0: Supposed to be. If you if you believe it, for some reason, and I don't know why, but Vince has this. He either literally or figuratively has a hard-on for uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Because what I'm hearing is Seth Rollins and Goldberg. Okay. As a way of putting the title back on to Seth.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Not that he needs it again, because he's had it like 3,000 times already. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. It, to me, it's all a clusterfuck. I don't know where they're going. I just don't know. Well when they were and not to mention mm-hmm. oh and not to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this hit, hit me too. It's a Sunday, the women's elimination chamber. Mm-hmm. It was a complete and utter disaster. Not only by the experts who cover this stuff, but by the fans in Philadelphia who took a giant shit on it. Oh wow. Yeah. I watched it took place I was- in Philadelphia. And they took a big dump on it. No response, no applause, no cheering, no nothing. They said, you know, a hot crowd or a cold crowd is one thing. But a crowd that does nothing, that's death.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'll I'll say a couple things. I tried watching Elimination Chamber last night, but the connection here was kind of spotty. So I know, like, I was able to watch about half of the women's Elimination Chamber match. And then yeah. bits and pieces of the other ones. Um, but overall, I, and I want to go back to the, the uh, WrestleMania um, subjects in a second. But overall, I was very underwhelmed with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. From what I saw, I'm, I'm willing to give it a, 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 a second chance when I can actually watch it. And um, yeah. But I,
0: well I I, let look. me break the news to you Mike Kelleher. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay well
0: it, yeah that's that's the problem bro <laughs> it, uh, does, uh, it doesn't get any better.
1: <laughs> well I um, y- you know going back to the WrestleMania stuff, when they were talking about Goldberg, coming back and, and he won the strap from Bray and then it was going to be uh, Roman and Goldberg uh, at Wrestlemania and then Cena versus The Fiend like th- I have I have a couple of issues with those matches number one bringing Goldberg back for anything at this point is such a dumb move, um, unless, move. And, unless he's going to make another run for a period of time but like he's not He's really not. He's, Mike, gonna,
0: he's 56 years old.
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. but That's my point is he is not going to do that. So yeah, um, I'm not saying – yeah, so when I said bringing him back, I didn't make that – I don't want you to think that – I think they're bringing him back. I have no illusion that they're not bringing him back on a full-time or even extended part-time basis. But it's just so silly. Like – and then um, – at, at
0: this point in his career, Mike, it doesn't make sense.
1: No, and he's not hes not going to contribute to any storylines or anything. Now, what they could do is, uh, what if they bring him in as a, a manager or some sort of mentor to somebody, and he could still be, he could be like a Ric Flair was in his late years of his career.
0: Funny you should say that, because Bully Ray Dudley, on the uh, podcast, busted open, suggested exactly that.
1: Hey, great minds think alike.
0: <laughs> Bully Ray actually suggested that he would be perfect as a manager.
1: Yeah, he could get he could do a squash here and there, and I, exactly interfere. I mean,
0: he's still in fairly good shape. Oh yeah, you know his body lost a lot of mass, but he's not thirty years old anymore. You know, you're talking about at the height of his career was 25 years ago.
2: Yeah.
0: Which is insane. Well, yeah, but when you think about a guy being 30 and he's 56 now, it's 25, 25, 26 years now has passed. You know, nature doesn't stop for anybody. No. You know, and you can only spend, I don't care how much time you spend in the gym, there's only so much muscle you can build.
1: Well, Angel, you seem to have found the Fountain of Youth, so maybe you could share it with the rest of us.
0: No, this is just makeup.
1: Oh, okay. okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I want to say one thing real quick. So, um, Cena and The Fiend, like, that does nothing for me either. Is Cena going to come back on a regular basis, or is he just just going to...
0: You. you made the point. You exactly made the point is he going to come back? No, he doesn't want to. They're they're bringing back, and this is what bothers me Mike, they're bringing back the old guard and they do it every year at Mania. They've got a roster full of people at the main roster. They've got a whole crew of young rookies at NXT. All of them trying to make their WrestleMania moment, right? Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They bring back people who have had their Wrestlemania moments and then some Oh yeah. Shawn Michaels The Undertaker, John Cena, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming back What? Yeah, yeah. Why? Okay,
1: now we'll, well now look
0: <laughs> at the Wait, it, it gets better Okay Randy Orton and Edge
1: Uh, Well, we WrestleMania match. I call that. I saw that coming.
0: Okay, Edge is another guy. He was happily retired. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the money. He's very financially secure. He's very well off.
1: The accounting services of Angelo Discipio.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I'll, I'll be happy to do his books for him. Yeah. But here's the, here's the thing though. Why are you going to bring back the same old old guard for I hate to call them what they are, but they are the old guard. You know, because you need to pop the seats at WrestleMania cuz your your current roster can't fill the stadium? Well, the, and that's why they're doing it.
1: Well, I yeah, but You think about let's dig into that just a little deeper the fan base of wrestling is not getting any younger. So right. what do the, the fans that have been following for 30 years want to see? They want to see Stone Cold one more time. They want to see Edge come back one more time. True. I, I would like to think they don't want to see Goldberg come back again. And and I'll, I'll right. even throw this out there, Angela. Here's a question for you, my friend. Go for it. Do you think... Do you think The Undertaker is partly the blame for the way they keep bringing people back for one match a year? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I'll tell you why. The Undertaker made a big grand to-do of it by laying down his leather coat, his hat, and his boots in the center of the ring. That's always indicated my career stops here. This is where it started. This is where it ends. But no, not with Vince McMahon, and not with the w w e because the lore of the money is just too great, yep, yep you know i I can tell you that Mark Callis does not need the money,
1: not ho- at all, I would hope not, I would hope not, but um
0: oh he, no he he's, he's 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 probably got the first dime he ever made. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll say this. For his health and safety, like, I just wish he would just ride off into the sunset and... uh, You and everybody else. You know what? You know, here's what I think should have happened. He should have lost to CM Punk, ended the streak, and then um, done right there. He did have a couple of good matches after that, like with Triple H and I think Cena... But um, overall, like CM Punk should have been the one to end the streak.
0: Well, yeah, and I agree with you that why they chose Roman Reigns to do his swan song, you know, alleged swan song uh, was beyond me. I still don't understand it. And why go through all of that, you know, and indicate that your career is over when you came back the next year? Yeah. In fact, he came back in less than a year.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a uh, furniture store down here. It's called Haynes. All right, and every single week they have a sale, and it's like, "This is our one-time-a-year sale." Blah 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 blah. Well, yeah, that day only comes around once a year. Exactly. So, you know, it's like WrestleMania. Okay, I'm retiring from this WrestleMania. And then I'll work the next
0: one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they they should have kept him retired. I mean, for his sake and for the sake of the business.
1: I mean, he's he's not gonna be he,
0: he and that's got Vince McMahon
1: putting out is not gonna get any better.
0: Yeah, and it's got that's got Vince McMahon written all over it. Yeah. That's that's Vince's call. And
1: you know, if we dig a little deeper what he needs to do is develop more talent to sort of come up the ranks and take some well, of those No, spots. they
0: have the talent. That's the problem. They're not using it.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They need to develop those characters so that people love them.
0: Like, Oh, now, wait a minute. Hold up. Uh, back up there, Kelleher. Oh, boy. So she said two things that contradict each other. What? Yes. Talent and characters. Two different things.
1: Well, uh, when I say talent... Here's why. Here's why. The
0: WWE, aside from Bray... Well, first of all, including Bray Wyatt. Why do you think they had him lose to Goldberg? To kill off the character of The Fiend.
1: Good. Good. Ref, I know you're listening and you're really pissed off. I don't care. Kill (laughs) The fiend.
0: But the problem is they have the fiend popped because he was a character. Yeah. Albeit it's what they had, but he was a character, a throwback to the old school. There are no characters anymore. And the problem is they've just killed off their last great hope. That's got Vince McMahon's fingerprint all over. He doesn't like characters. Well, Despite the fact that's what made his father a multi-millionaire. Yeah. For those characters.
1: Yeah, I mean... and it's what, to,
0: to a large degree, it's what made him a billionaire. Ooh. Lest yeah. we forget the uh, incredible Hulk Hogan. Lest we forget Macho Man Savage or the Ultimate Warrior or Jake the Snake Roberts or the Honky Tonk Man or... Uh, Shake Rattle and Roll or uh
2: the East West.
0: I could go on and on. Yeah. They were all characters. What do they got? They got squat. They got nothing.
1: Well, that's what they have, Mike. They have nothing. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's just, you know, maybe time, I mean, maybe. Some sort of feedback or something they're getting from the fans is is steering them that way, but um, who knows? I I I grew up and I loved a lot of the characters. Um, so many of them: the British Bulldogs, the Hearts. I mean, um, yeah, Midnight Express. I mean, or, or forget that. How about the Road Warriors? Um, oh, please, yeah. Legion of Doom, Um, Doink the Clown. I like Doink the Clown.
0: Doink was over like Rover. Doink was a great character.
1: And then, unfortunately, there was the uh, Gobbledygooker. Or
0: uh, oh, that—that's a—that's a a moment in wrestling history we'll forget.
1: Okay. (laughs) You have all of these great characters, and maybe just one or two that were like. But since you brought it up, okay.
0: Do you know who the Gobbledygooker was?
1: I think I used to know, but my, I've been chair shotted one too many times.
0: Chavo Guerrero. Ah.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: That's something.
1: That is something.
0: So what else is going on?
1: Um, you know, I mean um are we talking wrestling wise? Yeah. Yeah. So um the uh No what your poker game. Yeah, I know. I lost <laughs> it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I've been hearing uh, really good things about the AEW pay-per-view that was a week ago. Unfortunately, that's what Jeff the Ref was watching uh, when he passed. But um, I have—I can't bring myself to watch it, to be honest you with you. You know, I
0: can't either. I tried. I tried, and I can't watch it. Can't do it. Honest to God, I tried to sit and watch and I couldn't do it.
1: You know, so going off of the reaction of people that I know that saw it, yeah, there were there were uh, two matches, I think, that were uh, head and shoulders above the rest. Um, and I will have those names for you. I, I'm blanking right now, but I'll, they'll pop back in. Well,
0: they're telling me Cody Rhodes and MJF was okay. a classic. And uh, Chris Jericho, John Moxley.
1: Yeah, and uh, there was a tag match that was mentioned too. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Adam Page against yeah, the Young Page. Bucks.
1: Yep, that was it. That
0: was yeah, it. and uh, Omega and Page uh, retained their title. Okay. Great, uh, great showing. Uh, a great cohesive unit. They work well together. Um, it was nice to see John Moxley finally get a, a title strap around him. And, uh, again, Cody Rhodes paying homage to his legacy and his history with a – if if Dave Meltzer's got seven stars, I'm going to go ten. This was a ten-star match.
1: Okay.
0: It was great. It was a great match. And finally somebody shut up, you know, MJF for a, li- for a little bit. Thank you, he- <laughs> It's not for not long gonna
1: last. It's not going to last
0: No not for long
1: That's funny
0: um, so It's uh, we, we should tell people that we have uh, We have scheduled tonight a, uh, a special guest But our guest Is uh, a, a no show so far uh, He is Not here although according to his Skype He's somewhere online um, but not answering and uh, not responding to Facebook or his telephone.
1: Um, let's see. I am trying to, let's see. Is that, um, Jeff Miller? Yep. All right. So bear with me for just, here, uh, here he is. Yeah,
0: there you go. Our guest is here.
3: What's going on, brothers?
0: How you doing? I'm a brother.
3: What's going on? What's did, going on?
0: Did we wake you?
3: Can you can you see me? Yeah. I can. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Hang on, I'm gonna show you
0: something. Ah, uh, look at this.
3: Hang on one second. See if I can do this
2: right.
1: The suspense is getting to me.
0: Oh, my God. Oh,
3: right out there is Pearl Harbor.
1: Oh, wow.
0: That is absolutely breathtaking, Jeff.
3: That's the uh, the Wailua Mountains.
0: That is amazing. We have with us tonight our special guest. We were just telling people that our guest was a no-show, and here he shows. Hey. This is beautiful. You know is. I'll tell everyone my special guest tonight is a man who has uh, spent the better part of almost 40 years uh, in the wrestling business. Thirty-two years. Thirty-two years. Well, it's close enough. We're We're in that ballpark, baby.
1: The accounting <laughs> services of Angelo Disepia. Right. So
0: known worldwide as the Metal Maniac. My guest is Jeff Miller, who has wrestled for virtually every company there is, and uh, has made a name for himself as somewhat of a legend on the independent circuit. Traveling the country, traveling the world with his uh, friend, his partner, a guy he was married to for many, many years, Superfly yep. Jimmy Snooker.
3: It's exactly right.
0: So how you doing, my friend?
1: Uh oh. You know,
3: just hitting the gym or doing. You know, you don't want to, you know, not work out. Right. And, you know, you know the beach and, you know, I'm, I'm working a job now. But, you know, 2018, 2017, 2018, I was up there. I came back up and uh, worked a bunch for a bunch of companies and had some fun. And uh, you know, you know it's, that was you know, uh, you know your in your body. You know you gotta kind of be careful because you know I'm 56 now. I'm not 26 anymore. Right. So you gotta you know you gotta really just you gotta do you gotta do it right. Yeah. I went up. I had a good time. I uh, seen the boys. I uh, met a lot of these young kids. They're very talented. And, uh, like, Matthias Glass and Kenny Bengal and uh, Sonny Chase, um, uh The Meadowlands Monster. Holy cronolis. Have
2: you seen
0: yeah. Guy? Oh, yeah, sure.
3: Good guy. Good guy. Yeah. He's the next. He's going to be the next big thing. I mean, the guy's big.
0: Yeah, he's the. Uh, uh, Jeff is strong. referring to. Uh. Lou Bruno.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Lou Bruno is a, uh, uh, a, a legit seven footer. Yep. uh that, that tips about 340, 350. He's literally a giant of a guy.
3: Yeah, he's like 340, but he looks slim.
0: I know, and he can move.
3: Yeah, he can move. He can jump off the top out the, into the audience, and he's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, Jeff, we were, before you joined us, we were talking about, you know, guys that are uh, working past their prime. And we mentioned, uh, you know, The Undertaker, Bill Goldberg, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, guys that they're bringing back for that WrestleMania pop. You've been around this business a long time. Aside from the financial interest, what reason do they need to bring these guys back?
3: Well, I, I think. Listen, I think uh, in, in, in any work that they're doing is is positive because they're they're killed. They've look, they've just killed the business, you know. And people complain, oh, the Undertaker's over the hill. First of all, the Undertaker's seven foot. And he's a tough bastard. And he, he, you know, he's definitely not been uh, known to keep quiet in any way, shape, or form, although he's really super nice. So, you know, he can walk right up to you and knock your teeth out. Really doesn't give a shit what you think, (laughs) how you feel. Uh, Stone Cold's got to come back. They have nobody, and they've ruined it. And the reason why they've ruined it is because... I'll tell you exactly why they ruined it. You're in the locker room. This is what you're doing. You do this, You do that, and you do this, you do that, you do this. And here it is on the paper.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Just like when Stone Cold left that one time, he said, Triple H, you're married to the company. I'm not. I'm not having some 17-year-old kid who's never taken a bump. Tell me, tackle, drop down, hip toss, two arm drags, drop kick all over the top, Jump over the top rope down to the floor. What are you talking about? Jump over the top rope down to the floor. You can't tie your shoes. (laughs) Tell me how to put asses in
2: seats.
3: (laughs) Then tell the guys, remember. Remember, you're going to say this, that, this, that, this, and that. Yeah. got to know. Who you're wrestling, where you're wrestling, what time the doors open, what time the the bell time starts, you know,
2: 6.30 doors open, 7.30 bell time, you're going to see this yeah. one,
3: you're going to see that one, you're going to see this one, and then you're going to see this guy that I'm wrestling who's excellent, 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 but... I'm going because you build a guy up and then you slice.
0: Exactly.
3: The premise of the business is to build the guy up and then to
0: slice. And Jeff, you're you're talking about. No, Jeff, you're talking about something that I harp on a lot on this show. And Mike will tell you uh, it's the lost art of psychology. They don't yeah. know psychology anymore.
3: Look, I said to these, I said to a couple of young kids who were willing to listen, like Matthias Glass was willing to listen. Um, a few kids really willing to listen, but ninety-nine percent say, "Oh, that type of wrestling is dead." I'm like, okay, it's dead. So the next day I'm talking. I'm a little in the locker room. They're telling me that's dead. So the next day I'm working with this young kid. He's got like,
0: <coughs> he's
3: got maybe five matches under his belt. So I said to him, okay, listen, Bye. um, just what you do at the beginning, when the time is right, throw me off the top do your thing, go home. And he goes, that's all you're going to tell me? I (laughs) go, yeah, why? (laughs) He goes, well, don't you want to? I said, no. I said, well, I'll tell you what to do out there. He goes, you're going to tell me what to do out there?
0: Call it in the ring.
3: I I said, why? You never did that? He goes, well, I've only had five matches. I said, well, that's okay. Because I know what I'm doing. I'll take care of you. Um, no problem. She says, well, my mother's out there. I said, good, where's she sitting? So right in the front of it. I said, don't worry, she'll see you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, so I told him, I said, look, you know, all you got to do, if you don't, I said, if you don't get your, I, I said, I'm going to set you up on the microphone. So when you come out, They'll be ready. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm going to hand you a hot ball. Yeah. If you fumble or you don't run with the ball and score, that's up to you. Yeah. Exactly right. At. I can bring a horse to the water, but I can't jump and hang on a 2,000-pound, 2,000-pound horse and pull his head down to the water. I can't do that.
0: Exactly.
3: So, you have to run with the ball. So that's what I did. I got out there. I got on the microphone, shut your mouths and pay attention, you fat dummy. This is the Metal Maniac. I've never seen so many ugly people in one spot. I've seen on lettuce. Hey, chubby in the fat row, you got more rows in a German bakery. <laughs> you got more Chinese restaurant. I said, and there ain't a smorgasbord safe and seven different zip codes. And then <laughs> people got the idea that I'm the bad guy. So right before the kid comes out, I pick out his mom.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I said, hey, lady. Did everybody see this lady over here? the whole place turned around. <laughs> And it's the kid's hometown. The place is packed. I mean, 400 people is packed for a small building. So That's a lot of people for this building. And I said, lady, you know that you love me. You know you want me. (laughs)
2: Because
3: they know the kid is wrestling against me. He's on the poster. His family bought tickets.
2: Oh, no. <gasps> Come
0: on. Oh, God, Jeff froze up.
1: Uh-oh. I didn't think it snowed in Hawaii.
0: Ah, uh, Jeff.
2: Here, oh, God, Jeff froze I up.
1: Let me see if I can't get him out and then bring him back. All right, so he no longer has a green dot, so I'm guessing he is uh, having some technical difficulties.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So, All right.
1: Well, let's see if we can't get him back in a minute, but... Um,
0: yeah.
1: You know, I...
0: Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we got him. We got him. Oh, you got him? <clears throat> yep, we got him.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, he's coming in now. Okay. Come on, Jeff. Come on, brother. I'm here. Are you there? Yep, we got you, Jeff.
3: Somebody killed me. So so <clears throat> I go up on the corner. I, I, I just literally say, go up on that corner. He goes up, so I go up on the corner. Boo. He goes over, yay. Boo. Come on and come get me. I jump out again. 15 minutes went by. 15 minutes of entertainment that had more heat than the four or five matches before with tackle, drop down, hip toss, arm drag, drop kick, flying cross body, this and that. And they don't even know the names of these damn moves anymore. Yeah. And we go out. Like I said, we get to the point. Now it's time to get some heat. And I just kept working them over. Kept giving them little hope spots, little hope spots. Bring the people up down.
2: Bring yeah.
3: Down. People up down. Outside we went. I went took him right over by his mother, chopped him in front of his mother. You know, laid it in. Not too hurt, but laid it in. You know, you know. And if you can't take that, get the hell out of the business. Sure. The people knew it was his mother, so you know she's. And then we go in. I said, OK, kid, this is it. I someone had bought it. I go up to the top. He walked up. I told him, you know, the longer you take to get there, the longer you take to find me and then he finds me Turns around. Boom, grabs me by my dolos. And whoa, bang, I pop up school boy, one, two, three. <laughs> I put him over. I put him over. Yeah. I don't have to, but I did.
0: Exactly.
3: The promoter, the promoter didn't, uh, who the hell's no cam? It said, oh, now you got cam. So promoter said, oh, I wanted you to go over. I go, listen, I can put somebody over every single day of the week. And that, can you see me? Can you hear no, me? No, we can't. What the hell?
0: we can hear you just fine though yeah
3: how about now
1: there you go hey okay
3: sorry so um what part did i where'd you lose me
0: at okay so we're we're you were we actually didn't lose any of the story at all
3: okay so yeah so uh, he throws me over the top of of whatever school boys me one two three He gets his hand raised. He was supposed to go over, but I told him, no, no. Promoter said, why'd you do that? I said, because you you can't kill me. You can't kill me. And you can kill, you know, the kid. Yeah. Babyface. baby face. But you can't kill me. Oh. Well, I just thought I'd do something nice for you, whatever. I don't care.
2: Yeah.
3: The kids care. Yeah. But you know, like, like when I first started, my mother didn't understand the game. I was 26. You know, she didn't get the game. She would say, Oh, honey, how come you don't win matches? I go, Mom, you watch Susan Lucci, right? She goes, Yeah. So what? You think <laughs> when she goes to work, she gives a shit if she's the good girl or the bad girl? Right. All she cares about is where they send her a script and they send her a check.
0: Well, you know what, Jeff? I, I, I remember.
3: Jack, what do you
0: want? I, I remember, Jeff, when you were at my house many years ago, and we had uh, 22 wrestlers and yourself.
1: Oh. Right.
0: And, and it was for, uh, we were doing a, a show in Atlantic City. Uh, right. And Jeff was an integral part of that. And despite the fact that he never appeared on the show because he had to go back to Hawaii. Oh, but Jeff held court. Now, this is a lesson, Mike. I want you to listen to this. Yes, sir. Jeff was the the, uh, oldest member. You remember this, Jeff?
1: I think I do. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So Jeff was there. He was the the, the most experienced elder member Mm -hmm. with, you know, knowledge out the wazoo. With a bunch of kids, you know, 18, 20, 22,
3: 23. What year was this?
0: This was 2001. Okay. It was, uh, we were getting ready to do that show for the 9-11 benefit.
3: Oh, it was 2001? Yeah. At the end of the year,
0: obviously. Yeah, December the 16th is when we did the show.
3: Okay, go ahead, I got you.
0: Yeah, and uh, in fact, it was right after Thanksgiving that you came over, um, and, and Jeff held court.
3: Well, What happened was this: don't forget. Now I had cervical spinal fusion.
0: Yes. Oh. Why
3: that I did not work.
0: Yes, true. This is true. And you were, and you were still on the mend.
3: Yeah, I had. I think I still had the soft brace.
0: Yeah, and when. When I tell you that he gave these kids a clinic in wrestling, and all he did was sit there and talk and describe to them the business he grew up in. Now, keep in mind, Mike, mm-hmm. this is 2001. We're now in 2020, twenty. All right, This is 19 years ago. I remember so, this.
3: This was, this was when I told all the kids about The trips overseas.
0: Yes, yes, Jeff.
3: Where they they tried to fuck us, and Jimmy held up the show with the Arabs. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yep, I remember. Yep, that was the one. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, And but here's the thing. Now you're talking about 19 years ago. Look how much has changed, and look how much remained the same. What? It's exactly the same now.
3: Yeah, what I think is they were losing it then. Yeah. They were losing it then. It was the beginning of, you know, that uh, 1998, 99, 2000, 2001. Bullshit with the writers. They started in with the bullshit uh, with um, guys who were telling guys what to do. It never did it. And I remember they used to have... uh, a wrestler in there to say no, don't do this, that doesn't make sense, or don't do that. But for the most part, you know, I remember when Rock was still Dwayne, uh, the Rocky Johnson's son, whatever he still was doing that gimmick, yeah, him in the nation of domination. Then they said, Oh, you're gonna go out there and do what? Well, just know it ain't on the script, so if it goes great, you're a superstar. And if it goes bad, you'll be getting fired at the end when you come back. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason why he popped. Yeah. That's the reason why you can't just have an athlete who can't talk or just has a look or talks and looks and can't walk and talk. You got to have a, the whole thing. And, I mean, look, at, I mean, look. I don't know. I, like, I see wrestling today. I and mean, obviously, Brock Lesnar is, you know, he, he's a big, tough
2: guy, you know. Yeah. I'm taking nothing away from him. But if you ever
0: watched his interviews when they didn't have him with Paul. Yeah. If you look in his
3: eyes, he doesn't believe.
0: No, you're him. absolutely right.
3: Because he's used to punching guys in the face. Yeah. <laughs> It's, so it, there's no connection, and I could see it in his eyes. That's why when they put him with Paul, I knew they were going to put him with somebody because he, he didn't have the connection.
0: Yeah, you know what it was, Jeff. It was it was empty. It was empty. He's he's all brawn. He's all brawn. He could he couldn't speak. Uh, you know, and throughout you know wrestling history. Guys who were great in the ring but couldn't talk, they gave them managers. Yes. So right. that was that was a great move. Jeff, let's talk about the art of the promo. You're a guy that's known for taking a stick and running. Yeah. And you don't use a script. You never have. You never will. Nope. Because that's you. And I know that you give you the bullet points and say, okay, go. Three, two, one, boom. Yeah, right. all
3: I would ever really need is the the, 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 the name of the place, uh, what time it starts, and who I'm working. And yeah, I would start out with where it is, who I'm working, and you know, and then I'd come back to where I was working, and then I what I was going to do. So they heard it twice.
0: Exactly. You know, Dusty Rhodes used to do the who, what, where and when. And he did it all in the first sentence.
3: Right. And then Gordon Soley would be exactly where and what time.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know, Dusty would come out and go, Ric Flair, Ric Flair, I'll see you in the Omni in Atlanta. Eight o'clock, Ric Flair. I'll see you in the Omni. Be there at eight o'clock. I want to yeah, be there at 730 when the doors open, Ric Flair. Yeah, and
2: then, then,
3: then,
0: you and knew everything in the Gordon first Foley. sentence.
3: And Gordon Sully wrap up. That's this Thursday night at the Omni. You know, blah
0: blah blah. Get your ticket. Exactly, Mike. You got a question for for Jeff?
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, Jeff. Um, number one, thank you for coming on the show. And nice. uh, I understand you and Angelo have a have a long history together. Yeah. And, well, good uh, you know, it's it's really great for you to to come on here. Just so you know. Uh, I'm, I'm not in the wrestling business. Um, I'm a fan, but I have a, a perspective that I bring to the table and, and try to well,
3: and- look like one of the boys.
0: <laughs> well Jeff, Mike is the actually the uh, one of the stars of a show called Legacy List with Matt Paxson. Uh, okay. He's the uh, stuff expert. He, right. uh, he itemizes and appraises items for, uh, for people that are cleaning out their houses. Uh, and it's, it's seen all over the country. Mike is seen all over the country on PBS.
1: Yeah,
3: Mike, what do you think of that pretty mirror behind him, behind the brother there? Isn't that a nice
1: mirror? What do you they know?
2: Call
3: that? What's the type of uh? What's the type of ask that they call that? That's the uh, what's that? Uh, uh, um,
1: it looks they, like a gold uh, finish uh, on the what, frame. Gold. Lake Guild.
0: That's called Italian provincial.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pro- is it provincial or is it... Uh, what's
3: the other word? Um, what's that other word they use? What's the other word they use for, like, you know, that old school... Uh, uh, not Elizabeth. Um,
2: old
1: Victorian?
0: Old Victorian.
1: Uh, yes. Old Victorian. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, I fish, love it because his wife... Poop, do, he's got the beard.
3: He's ready to get in a ring. And he doesn't <laughs> know about old Victorian
2: brother. Get it right. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you
1: that
0: (laughs) All you got to do with Jeff Miller Is just give him a a bullet point And he's he's off to the races That's it, baby What happened?
3: if (laughs) If you cannot do that I can't understand But then again Like I said, you know Putting a manager with him Was a good idea But the writing Is
0: stupid that's a, that's a whole nother thing. In fact, oh, Mike's on. got a question for you about writers yeah, and wrestling.
2: I'm sorry I interrupted
1: you. Oh, no. Well, you know, I, in preparation for the show, I, I was kind of looking at some of your uh, your um, history in the industry. And so, um, you know, I've seen you won multiple championships. I've seen you work with many, many different promotions. Um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you, so um, – uh, you know, online it says like around 2017 was when you retired. Are you still retired? Or are you still? Are you doing some? Well, ma- I
3: actually, you know, somebody said I was retired. Then I then the Wikipedia
1: changed from to semi-retired. Okay. Um, you know, it's updated by
3: people or whatever, or friends or you know whatever. But uh, I, I I took off two years and then I came back. Because, you know, I was beat up, you know, so I took off two years and picked up a job back in Hawaii. And then I went up for a year from the end, from the middle of 2017 to the middle of 2018. Then I got a job offer Mm -hmm. that was awesome. I've been working on this job for like four years. I couldn't get it. Finally, so you got it. I'm like, all right, it's got all the trimmings. It's a, you know, it's a state job and, you know excellent hourly plus your benefits and you know your all your you know uh you you know your you know whatever you 401k and Ah. and everything else and not to get political but now that the man with the orange hair is in you know it's a gone (laughs) expansion (laughs) going and so you know despite uh all efforts we're doing all right so you know i had to you know take that spot i mean you know Yeah, and I can't tell him, "Hey, I gotta leave." Now, uh, my my good friend Steve O'Fie, his son, uh, Aleki Lee, he's got this little company, and he's working with WXW, and got this little company brings in, you know, like C-list people, D-list people off TVs, and you know they don't have much of a, a, they draw about a hundred people. They don't have much of a, a budget,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
3: runs a few shows he's into it his wife is into it his mother's into it
0: yeah no but but there's no money and i, I mean
3: i i did a couple so color commentary but you know i, I at this point i can't go out there with a guy like rick flair said I used to be able to go out there with a
0: chair yeah <laughs>
3: but now i need guys who know what to do yeah and exactly green i don't have the you know
0: at you know, in my neck. I mean every day I when I get up, I'm like, oh yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh boy.
0: Hey, Jeff, you, you've spent a lot of time in Hawaii. You've been there for a long time now. Yeah. Did you work for uh for Mrs. Wait, wait, my wait
3: wait wait? Yeah, let him finish his question.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. Go
1: ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. Angelo. <laughs> let
3: me finish yeah. my question. Angelo.
1: You know, this is this I is I the right- for
3: all these different promotions. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See this is this is the fight that Jeff the ref and Angelo had all the time, and so uh, I'm yeah. I'm sticking up for uh, for the other guy. So um, anyway, uh, so um, so when um, so you you are, you're, you're, are you are would you consider yourself pretty much retired now or?
3: Well, now I'm like you know I don't know if you're ever out of the business unless you're crippled.
1: Well, like in I'm, ring I'm not
3: crippled. But if somebody called me and said, hey, brother, there's a payoff. Will you come? So oh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to my boss. When is it? Well, it can't be tomorrow. Forget it. Unless it's something big where I can go and say, hey. You know, but I don't see them calling me. But if, yeah. did, if Vince, if, if Howard Finko or Vince was to call me, I said, listen, kid, uh, you know, I know you met you years ago. You're the only guy that got Superfly Jimmy's looking to wear a matching outfit. So I want you to, you know, give me a quick, come over here. I'm going to fly in and, uh, you know, it's 10 grand and uh, you're going to do something. And you'll go home and we'll see. Oh, okay. Well, I talked to my boss and look, you know, so once in a lifetime, Vince called me himself. I just want to fly over and see what's going on. If it's the shits, I won't, you know, sign. And if I do, you know, they'll give me 90 days to actually... Appear they're not going to make you go the next day unless they do, and there's another signing bonus, but that would be worth it. But other than that, brother, I ain't put. I mean, I put it on for kids to raise money. Yeah, I, I got this. I still got my hair back there, <laughs> and I can still paint the face.
2: And but bro, so, of cool. something happening like that,
3: I ain't leaving the beach.
1: Exactly. So, a couple a couple of things here. So, from my perspective, I always like to learn what it was that got you into wrestling as a fan, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, what made you take that leap to get in the ring?
3: Well, I was in the music business.
1: Uh, are you a musician? Oh yeah, I, I graduated Berklee School of Music.
3: Wow, I could bass. I can play the guitar. I can play the piano.
0: He's good too. He's real good.
3: Read. Um, um, I can I'm remember. a bass
1: player, but... Yeah,
3: bass player too, really, that's my thing. But I was a big, uh, uh, I grew up learning, well, at first I learned with Kiss, then, when, then I went to Zeppelin, and then when I heard Getty Lee, I went to Rush, but I was already listening to Yes. So those are my four bands that really... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, I, mean you, I, I, I could play some Stones from the radio, but I never sat and learned it. Yeah. But if you ask me to play, you know, uh, Rush Hemispheres front to back with the record, I can do that Woo. and just tr- turn up the stereo and turn off the bass.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and you'll then, feel it then in.
3: Then I can, I have an amp with a a, a special pedal that will have the a- actual, the amplifier sound like Giddy Lee, Chris Squire, uh-huh. you know, uh, Eddie Van Halen's, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Michael Anthony and uh, John Paul Jones. You could just push a button and you get that exact sound for that band. Wow. You know, so then this way, the sound is the same, but the notes are identical. I don't, I guess that's what I was known for is my ear. I, I tried to graduate. I tried to go to Juilliard. They said I couldn't read well. Um, you know, uh, sight read. uh Uh, tried manhattan school music they said you don't sight read I go what's with you hoity toity people i'll fucking blow all your guys away they got a french horn take the paper away they can't play (laughs) yeah but they're virtuosos and you're like three quarters there we don't we deal with people for the new york symphony orchestra i was like i don't want to be in the symphony i want to get a a a union card He said well then you don't need to come here so I didn't know what to do, and then a, a cousin of mine said, "Oh, go to uh, Berkeley School of Music." So I flew up back years ago when uh, they had People's Express. You remember People's Express? Oh God, yeah. Twenty-five dollars. It was a shuttle from Newark to Boston. Yeah. Twenty-five bucks. Wow. So yeah. It was just uh, first come, first served. So you, you know, so I'd fly up there on a Sunday. And I'd go to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fly back Thursday night and play the clubs Friday and Saturday and go back Sunday. Yeah. The club scene in New Jersey, the drinking age was
2: 19. Ooh. But what happened was, I'm playing music, uh,
3: I was working at a recording studio where George Benson and Kool and the Gang and Aretha Franklin and all R&B stars were, and I was learning everything from the ground up, aligning tape machines and setting up rooms bringing in the piano tuners (coughs) all that shit and by accident you remember when you remember when the movie the original movie um uh i think it was a it wasn't a thor what's his name from the rocky movie the big tall guy
0: oh Dolph long
3: did that movie Master of the Universe? Yes. Oh yeah,
0: Dolph Lundgren, sure. Yeah. So at that time, so I'm working out, I'm, you
3: know, I'm taking a little bit of test. I'm not test. I'm taking a deck, uh, which you could take back then and not not get winky weight. Uh, <laughs> they take out a little deep on, I was working out, I was pumped, and I had long hair, and I'm in the supermarket. Some kid walks up to me, and pulls on my shirt and I turn around and he goes, hey, mister, are you a wrestler? And I go, no. Why do you think I'm a wrestler? Why are you big tan with long hair? And I'm saying, doesn't that describe a guy in a band?
2: <laughs> and
3: then I'm going into the studio. I'll never forget this. Uh, remember that singer John Wait? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't into his music, but he was a reasonably famous guy. And I came into the room and he goes, hey Jeff. I, I says, you know, you really look like the masters of the universe. You know, she looked like a wrestler. So then the next month, I seen uh, John Oates uh, and one of the guys, uh, Eddie Kendricks from the Temptations. They were doing a little something in the studio that right. I was there at the studio, and we we're all hanging out. We're watching WrestleMania two. Oh wow! And they, and John Oates. You know, you don't see his ear because he's got long hair, but he's got a cauliflower ear. And so we were talking. He says, bro, you look exactly like these guys and your voice. You should do this. I'm saying to myself, bro, you heard me play the bass. He goes, yeah, but they got a million guys who can do that. You know, this is like Gene Simmons compared to a studio guy. Yeah. There's only one Gene Simmons. There's a thousand studio guys. I thought he was crazy, and I looked into it, drove to Connecticut. Um, There was a gym up there, and uh, uh, what's his name, Dr. D. David Schultz. What an asshole. I met him, Um, and then then I went to Larry Sharp's place, and Larry just seemed all about the money. I didn't understand the business,
2: so that
3: turned me off. I thought somebody was going to look at me and say, oh, like that kid. But I didn't understand, you know. I didn't understand. I just thought, oh, this guy's going to bring me in and not make me pay. And <clears throat> you know, who the fuck was I, right? I didn't know. I, I had no idea what was up.
2: Yeah. What
3: happened was is, I moved to Florida. I, actually, I went down to Florida for two weeks. I was thinking about moving there in West Palm Beach. And, you know, remember Haku and Siva Afi were the islanders before – Kid. Sure. Well, yeah. Shiva Afi, he went and got the tat- Peter, my Via tattoo, came back. They tried to make him do a job for all the Ultimate Warrior. He said, "Look, I can't because people in Samoa believe and they'll 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 hurt my family." Yeah. Oh my God. Listen, oh yeah. Said, listen. So he walked out. So he went to yeah. work for Burt Reynolds as a stunt guy, and I met him at a bar. And we started wow. to talk. And the next thing you know, he starts showing me some things on the beach. Because there was no rain. Yeah. And then finally he says, oh, I'm going to move to raise my son. Who was like, I don't know, two, one. I'm going to raise my son in Hawaii. You know, I him to be around this Samoan culture. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, what about me? He goes, what about you? I was like, I want to learn. Come on, you know. He's like, okay. If you move to Hawaii,
2: <laughs>
3: I didn't hear anything else pass there. I knew he said something, but when he said, "Well, if you move to Hawaii," and I went
0: exactly,
3: went home. My cousin was a uh, a, 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 a music musical equipment broker. Okay, uh, and he used to rent out all my PA system to Joan Jett when she played the clubs. This is before (laughs) she cracked. This is before Joan Jett really cracked. Twisted Sister and Zebra and White Tiger uh, and Prophet really ran the the music scene in the Northeast. This is before their record deals and all that shit. Before Bon Jovi was thought of, it was a a game. They were a queen show was Bon Jovi's band without Bon Jovi? Because really, you had to be able to sing Zeppelin, Rush, or Journey, and he couldn't do any. <laughs> no, he could. He could. It's do true. Stuff. I'll tell you a story later about, about Bon Jovi and his brother and all that from from you know CBS and all that. But um, uh, he, he, he said, "All right, moved to Hawaii." So I called my cousin. He sold. All the equipment in like two weeks. So I had like 50 grand in the bank. Wow. I had a vet that was a 69 vet numbers matching. Sold that to uh, Corvette World in Pompano Beach, Florida for another 50. Wow. 69 with 18,000 miles on it. Original rubber. You can't buy rubber from the 60s. No, and by no. rubbers from the sixties, they were it was gone already. It's like marble. You can't get you can't get a forty year old uh, uh, Italian marble. I mean, maybe if somebody has some, but not to be milled. You're never gonna find it. It doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. Yeah. It, it's been sold. It's been
2: yeah.
3: So so all that's gone. I take this little acoustic guitar so I can keep my my mind, I didn't lose so I didn't lose my mind. And I flew to Hawaii. Okay. Got me a place to stay and two bartending jobs at a bar two doors down, another bar four doors down.
2: <laughs> and
3: I've got a moped, like a 50cc scooter, and that was it. I was going, he introduced me to King Curtis, who had a, a beach stand, right? And his son, yeah. Rocky, a Buddha Dean, a Buddha Singh, a Buddha Singh uh, put me on the, uh, it, uh, he had a boat where he would take the people out for an hour sail. So I would go work there. And then at nighttime, I'd make some cash, go back to sleep, go to the gym, and then go in to the bar and do bartending. And then Jimmy came in a couple of times.
1: Jimmy
3: Snuka? Yeah, Jimmy Snuka came in a couple of times. We smoked a couple of dubs, whatever. <laughs> and then I met Morocco and stuff. And then finally, I was here maybe, I think it was maybe eight months. And I, I knew how to fall down and forward roll and hit the rope and uh, how to lock up. But I knew nothing else. Nothing. <laughs> nothing.
2: <laughs> so
3: I Morocco says, hey, listen, you know, what are you gonna do? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you gotta go. I'm like, go, I just got here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like, no, 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 you gotta go. If you want to get booked, you gotta go. So he said, Oh, call Todd Gordon, call this guy, Tommy D, call that guy. Uh, yeah. look, don't tell him you train me, just tell him I'm friends with you. And, you know, work out, we smoke a joint together, and, and <laughs> just, just, you know, and, and just you want to learn, you know. And so I did, and they booked me. And that's where it started right from there, you know. And uh, that first night, I hear Jimmy's in a locker room away from the boys. I don't know to go and meet the boys. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. I don't know none of that. No one told me any of that. Yeah, purposely. So I learned it on my own,
2: which was bad. I wish you'd told me. But so I went right <laughs> to Jimmy's office,
3: and I got all these candies and treats you can only get in Hawaii. There were more stuff for like snack candies, like savory stuff to snack on, so you could have it with beer. And I knew Jimmy would know what these things were. Although he grew up in Fiji, he was here since in Hawaii since he was ten. Okay. So, you know, he to deliver beer for Budweiser. So G- Jimmy, who was, was a stupid, he knew what the shit was. You know, like, I eat beef jerky, which is sushi sliced, made to jerky. So, you know, you drink that with the, yeah, eat that with the beer, that's good stuff, you know. Yeah. I brought him bags of this stuff. And uh, different stuff, dried squid. A little yeah. squid deal, but a little different. Not with, without the garlic, but it was dried. Good stuff. So, he's like, and then I bring him those lava lavas, you know, that the Samoans wear, you know. And uh, I was already wearing one because Siva was Samoan, so he had the Samoan tattoo. He's a high chief. He was Peter Mbuyi's real, real blood nephew, not uh, married or very close oh, oh. nephew. Yeah. I mean, I'm God, not just Samoan blood nephew, but real. Real nephew. So. He's looking at me. I got the slippers. I got the, the lava lava. I got the Hawaiian strength shirt. And I got the face paint. But he's, he'll recognize me. for When he was down with Siva. I told him I was friends with Siva. And that we had met before. But he didn't really make the connection. Yeah. So later on. Back at the next day. Because. Right, so they did this the funniest thing so they said all right listen so you're gonna do this angle with jimmy so next month you can come back and work with jimmy So, okay
2: all right <laughs> what do. they said well just go in and jimmy's gonna you you know you,
3: what's the name is gonna do this and then you're gonna do that and then just feed jimmy once twice and jimmy will say get out of here and you get out and then we'll have tony stetson hit you with a chair and then you can work with Jimmy. You can work with Tony, Jimmy, Tony, and learn and be with Jimmy and Tony and learn. Sounded good. So then the, that night, I said, thank you, Jimmy. But I still had my gimmick on. So the next night we're at Tommy D and I hadn't gotten there yet. So Tommy D goes, hey, brother, you know this guy? He goes, no, I don't know that guy. i never seen that guy with the with the poster, you know? So I come walk in, and he goes, hey, brother. He goes, Bro, I just asked you if you knew this kid. You said, no, so I don't know him like that, but I know him like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, that's how I know him. So I went out with Cousin Luke, good guy. And I hurt my knee because Tommy D's uh, aprons weren't, like, here. They were, like, out here. So here's yeah. the rope, and then here's the apron. So when I did this move where you, you jump on a guy's back and he moves and I take the thing in the groin, I banged my left knee on the side of that, oh,
0: that, that oh,
3: sticking out, and it really hurt. So he goes to shoot me off, give me above this and that, blah blah blah. We're gonna go outside. I said, let's just go outside. My knee, my knee. And so we went outside. We fought all the way back. So then Jimmy comes up to me and he goes, Pop, why did you do that? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I said, well, he says, all right, listen, uh, come back to my room. I'm staying over here. They got food. They got booze and everything. We'll hang out. We'll bullshit all night. Come with me because tomorrow I got a show you if you want. Are you booked tomorrow? I go, no. He goes, come with me. You know, you'll get booked. Like, well, I will. You will. I don't know. You know, he's trying to tell me, don't worry, you're boom. Well, I don't know. Yeah. What do I So uh so he says to me, he goes, Jack, he goes, Brother man, why did you do that? Your family was there, you could have done this, you could have done that. You you've been in the business long enough. And I go, Bruh, I told you, I just got in. He goes, Yeah, but how long you been in? A year or two? I go, No, no, no bro, look. I had one match on Maui with Farmer Boy Eagle, who was a mid-card WWE guy back in the 70s, like Johnny Rock, excellent worker, but Mm mid-card. So, then, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, He's just, just, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me you've only had one match. And... You're doing this and you're doing that and hitting the guy once and flexing and all this. and <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, I see. He says, who taught you that? I said, well, you and superstar Billy Graham and Darn. And, and Those were my three guys, you know, as a fan. Yeah. Superstar. Uh, then one then superstar lost. I did not believe that could happen. And I was finished with wrestling completely. And then when I saw Superstar about a year and a half, two years later, I go, what the fuck happened to that guy? Then I heard about Don Morocco only because he was staying in Edison, New Jersey. My aunt lived down there. And I seen this massive tan monster walk out with two cases of Heineken under one arm. And I go, who the fuck was that? They said, that's a wrestler, Don Morocco. That fucker's as big as a friggin' house.
0: Yeah, he is. I started to
3: watch Don, and he was selling out the Garden every month, every month, every month. So eventually, I went to the Garden once to see him, and he came on, you know, uh, mid-card, because that was when the main event came on. And then they had, you know, somebody else like Sheik and Patera later on, and, 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 I, it was an excellent night. Went with some girl, had a good time, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, um, it was my cousin's best friend. She always hated it. I dated all her girlfriends. Um, that's another story for another Triple X hour. Uh, yeah. And, um, uh, and then I heard, I stopped watching for a little while, and then I heard about a guy beating up Backlund. And I saw Jimmy and I go, oh man. And then I see him do the dive. and I seen him do the belly flop. and once by the time he made the angle with Morocco, what ripping the clothes off of them and then ending up, you know in, in the steel cage. I was like third row center from the music business. I had connections to John Shear and, uh, well, that was New Jersey, and Ron Delsner out of New York, who was a promoter there. He didn't promote those shows, but he was the the house promoter. So uh, I got in third row center, and I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. You know, and I was that that really just blew my mind, you know, and so, you know, that all culminated together into Jimmy saying to me, this is the keynote. You ready? We get to the hotel room. and He tells me, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And you should know better than in a few years. I'm like, no, Jimmy, I told you I just got in. I literally mean I just got in. And said to me, wait, you've only had one match. And you can do this and that and this. Forget about everything else. He goes, kid, I'm going to tell you something. I've been doing this 25 years. He says, no one's ever fooled me. He's like, you weren't in there. If you were in there any longer, I would have figured it out. But because you were just in there, did one thing. You did one other thing. And then one last thing, and then you were out of the ring, you fooled me. Now, i got to help you. Now, i got to help you.
1: Wow. So he That's goes, awesome.
3: He says, give me the phone. He says, no, Jimmy didn't read or write. I didn't know that. <clears throat> so, he gives me this piece of paper from his wallet. He can count. Couldn't read or write, but he can count. Oh, yeah. I to got couldn't read couldn't write but he could count
0: yeah right. I knew Jimmy very well
3: so I see. he says call this number just so tell him I want to talk to him but I get on the phone and the name is written down I guess somebody wrote down the name I didn't know who the man was but the name on the paper was Angelo Savovi. so I don't know oh yeah I said, hello, Mr. Savoldi. Yes, my name's Jeff Miller. I'm here with Jimmy Superfly Snooker. He'd like to talk to you, please. Can you hold? Yes, sir. I'll hold for Jimmy. This is my imitation of Jimmy talking to Mr. (laughs) Savoldi. Ready? He goes, Savoldi. Listen, I got this kid. He's going to bring me in. We're going to go to the gym Put them on all five and put them with me. You hear me? With me on all five. And I hear, okay, Jenny. All right, thank you very much. Okay, Jenny, bye bye. Okay, thank you. And he looks up at me and he goes, done. (laughs) 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 That was like swallowing a grand piano. For yeah. a young person, young in the business, to walk in the first weekend, be plugged in with really the, the, one of the greatest, if not biggest, money makers to that time. Yeah. He was intricate in building the foundation and the doorway for Hulk Hogan to walk through. The first guy to have a rubber finger, a nerf finger. First guy to have a doll, first guy to have pretty much anything. The WWE Training Center on Route 95 North in Connecticut was built on his back. Um, That particular building, I think it's a production building or was at one time. It was in the Guinness Book of World Records or something at one time. But all of that was done in Jimmy's back. And Absolutely. I don't know. I've driven up and down, up and down, where he's driven by that thing and said to me, Hey, bro, that's my building. I built that. Don't remember yes, he it. did so,
0: too. So, so he was
3: intricate in. They used to tag Hogan with Jimmy because really Hogan didn't know himself yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember
3: him on Johnny Carson? He says, Have you ever heard of anything called Hulk- Hulkamania? He wasn't doing brother. You know, he wasn't doing that. Yeah. You know, and, and he was just coming around to that. Yeah, he sure. He didn't even have his own team yet. There was only one team, Jimmy's team. And mm. then they could say, okay, <laughs> Well, Morocco could have ran a team, but they didn't. It wasn't, they had a couple of stars and then the rest were, you know, the meat potatoes, And so everything that you know, like when Hulk Hogan does this and he does that, a lot of people don't remember. And in the Carolinas and in Minnesota, and in Portland, Jimmy used to do that. Yes, he did. He only started doing the ooh, ooh, ooh because Killer uh, of, uh, uh, of Frank dying. Uh, you know, um
0: Bruiser Brody.
3: Yeah, because they were very close. Wow,
0: so that's where the
3: hooting came from. Cause you know, bruiser a beer. us Oh, yeah. We yeah. To oh,
0: yeah.
3: And
0: so he's exactly
3: that the whole Kogan. He gave all that. Look, I'll tell you where it all went south. And I've, I've met Hulk Hogan. I love him. He's a, he's a sweetheart and fine gentleman and a really, a, a big, just a sweetheart, you know, just a real sweet guy. I mean, really honest to God, um, Jimmy said, you know, there was a little tension. I'm like, why? He said, well, you know, I was just as big as him, physically just not as tall. But, you know, I was gassed up, and I was partying, and I was this and that. And, you know, kind of made mention, hey, you know, Jimmy's kind of outshining me. I'm like, when was this? Boston Gardens. You see Morocco and Orton against Snuka and the Hogan. Orton's got the... The thing on his arm, the brace. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle of the match, Hulk Hogan comes in for the save. No, Jimmy goes up to the top, cross bodies the both of them. No, Morocco. Morocco staggers back. Boom. He hits him in the head with the, the, the cast. Jimmy falls down to the floor and gaffed himself. While, while Hogan's in there, Clothesline, clothesline, slam, slam, parts, parts, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you hear pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Pop, and all of a sudden, you'll see this on the film. You hear pop. And everybody, including Hogan, turns around. And there's Jimmy on the top rope. Gushy. What? And flying cross bodies to both of them, boom, they go down, Hogan's on top of them. One, two, three, they get their hand raised. But I, I my understanding for what Jimmy said is that, you know, Hope said, hey, you know, it's kind of stealing my heat there, man. And that was not right because Jimmy was teaching him. And but this is when he was young. He didn't really know. He wasn't trying yeah. to take rid of Jimmy. But Jimmy was on top and took that as like, hey man, I'm teaching you how to be you. Yeah. Don't do that to me. That's not right. You know, I gotta eat too, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah sure.
3: <laughs> Some guys like I just saw Tony Atlas talking about Oh, Jimmy Snooker, he was making eight, ten thousand a week. First of all, the average number for guys like that, his numbers was eight and ten thousand a week. Jimmy's was known to be twenty thousand a week, but it wasn't. There were forty thousand dollars a week.
0: Oh, shit. The
3: reason why Jimmy kept not showing up to buildings wasn't because he was drunk. Yeah, he got drunk because he was pissed. He was pissed because he would go see the buildings three times the size, but his check would go down. Oh, brother, you know, TV costs more money. Yeah. Fuck out of here. If you're an yeah. independent. yeah.
0: Yeah, they were paying Hogan more.
3: Yeah. But when you're getting paid from a network, I mean, the day after Jimmy and dove on Morocco, the next morning they were signed to the USA Network. They've been signed there ever since.
0: Wow. True, absolutely,
3: absolutely true. So, well, like I said, getting back to the thing with Jimmy, he uh, he he was mad, you know, for that and and money, and that's why he left the first ever right after the first WrestleMania because he was really, yeah. if you remember, he was supposed to be in the ring. Yes. And then they switched it.
0: To outside. Jimmy, yeah.
3: said, Jimmy said, I'm telling you, I'm leaving the day after. So you better put me on the outside. And that's how that happened. Yeah. That's how that happened. And it worked out. And it worked out just fine. Because really, Piper and and, and Orndorff in the ring, that would be Hogan and Jimmy. Not Mr. T. Yeah. But ran with that, that thing. So, but getting back, that's where it all kind of as you were asking me about bro, how I plugged in, how I went, and how all of a sudden with the Savoldi phone call, ECW, Tommy D shows, UWS, and and then, oh, and then my first night at ECW where I wrestle, uh, where, where I do the, the run-in with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy had his own room. I went to visit with him, like I said. Uh, but when I went back to my room, you know who the room, my roommate was who I was rooming with? Who's that? Black Bill After.
0: Oh, geez, Bill. <laughs> the, next month,
3: the next month, of fucking 1992 Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Rookie of the Year came out. Bingo. Hello. Uh, I was in the wrestler. I was in the who's who. I was in the top 500 first year, 492. There's thousands of kids, thousands of yeah. kids. Yeah. People, thousands. How? Thanks to Bill. After.
0: All right. Go All ahead, Mikey.
3: a whole grand piano and
0: the keys too. <laughs> Go ahead, Mikey.
1: All right. So we, we've gotten the picture for you know what got you into the business and got you you know really cemented in. But how would you come up with the metal maniac character? Well. Let me see if I can show you.
3: No one's ever seen this before. And if they have, it's only because of my family. Let me just see real quick. I have a book here. I think you will find this interesting. It's, just like, it's one of these two books. Hang on. Um what I'm about to show you. Oh, here it is. Okay, so check this out. This was a drawing. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Let me see. I right? got it here this way. Let me see if I can... I want to make sure there's some lighting on. Oh, shit. Wait a minute. No, I'm going to lose this. whole thing. Wait. Okay. Can you see this? Well, just hold the phones. Oh,
0: yeah. There you go. Yep. You
3: see that drawing? Yep. Yeah. That drawing was painted. I, I mean, I drew that... Two years before for a Halloween costume. Oh, wow. And that's what, that's what, uh, you know, came of it, you know? And then the name and all that came later. See that? Here's an athlete who could have gone in a totally different direction. The Hulky Metal Maniac was once an accomplished musician, but now his favorite accomplishment. Is ripping opponents limb from limb, bill after <laughs> funded publishing.
0: <laughs> now, Jeff, did you work for uh for Tri-State with Joe Goodhart?
3: Joel Goodhart, yeah, I, I I I think um I think what happened was is Joel had sold it, but there was one show that was a fundraiser he had to be at last day was my first literally yeah (laughs) i met him once that was it other than that i mean it was todd gordon it was ed zahn
0: yeah uh,
3: um in pennsylvania
0: so by that point he had already sold it to todd then right
3: yeah, but he, the, like I said, the one show that I was at was like co done because it was a fundraiser for a kid that had to do a Joel. That's the only reason why he was there right. at a show. Other than that, it was
2: still called Eastern Championship Wrestling. Yeah,
0: it just right. It so as the name. So,
3: what were they calling it before to TWF?
0: It was a, a tri state wrestling and then became Eastern.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, 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 Todd was there. It was called Eastern. It wasn't called Extreme yet.
0: Right, right. Now, how long after that did you work for Dino Santa?
3: Well, Dino over the years, I mean, we pretty much worked a whole bunch of times. Uh, I got him an overseas trip because I didn't want to have my hands in it. It was just too difficult. It's a, you got to, you know, it was just, and I was too busy handling Jimmy's business. It was just, just too much. So I had Dino Santa work with these guys from, uh, from the West Bank. So Dino Santa right. tells us, Dino Sana tells us, oh, we're going to Israel. So oh, yeah, good. Dino Santa don't know I'm
2: Jewish. i <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> three times a week, and he don't know, I can still read a little Hebrew. <laughs> 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 so, we get there. I didn't, the warlord, I didn't know the warlord was Jewish. I didn't know that. So I only found that out many years later, and I never spoke to the Terry about it. But um, it's funny. We're on this trip, and we get to Tel Aviv, and these two Arab guys are there from the Jordanian guys. I'm figuring, well, that's nothing, you know, that's not bad because you know uh, the Jordanians have a peace treaty. So <laughs> we're driving from Tel Aviv. Everything's fine. I look out the window. I see Hebrew. Hey, and all of a sudden, I see a sign with Hebrew and Arabic. Oh boy! There's only one place on the earth that will happen.
0: Palestine. Out
3: of the passport, the Jews—they give you the piece of paper and they stamp it. Because they know there's certain countries that won't even let the symbol in. Or their ink in. So they give you a card. Most people don't even know that. Yeah. Well, I get over there and I see this. And I'm like, Jimmy, something's wrong, bro. He goes, what?
2: And my blood
3: starts boiling. I'm like, bro, something's wrong, man. And all of a sudden I go, there's a sign and there's no Hebrew. I Jumped over Jimmy and he tried to grab me and missed me. That's how fast I flew past him. He, I was sitting on the window. Jimmy was sitting here and I jumped over the fucking chick, over and ran to the front of the bus and said, Pull this fucking bus over. Duck the Warlord, fucking famous motherfuckers, you know, famous. I'm the only known name. <clears throat> Right? I'm the only known name. And I said to I don't want to yell at the drivers. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're I
2: know them guys are always carrying. Yeah. Right? They
3: always yeah. carry. It's their way.
2: They don't carry knives. They
3: carry guns. So oh, yeah. I don't yell at them. I stopped the bus. I turned to Dino. I go, where are we? He goes, Israel. The guys go, no, you're in the West Bank.
0: Palestine.
3: Technically, Palestine is a metaphor from the from the Bible. There really is no such thing.
2: But right, in this
3: yeah, this conversation we'll call it Palestine.
0: Yeah, the the West Bank. Yeah,
3: Hebron. It's the place in the news. You right. see the gun, the Israeli gunships coming in. And... All yeah, right? right up on top of the mountain is the Jewish settlement. It's not a settlement; they live there. They let them come in down in the valley. So, them guys, the Arabs, they don't drink, they don't, they smoke, but they don't drink, and they don't smoke no weed. Yeah. I know the Jews, they drink, they smoke weed.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I'm a Jew, but I can't say I'm a Jew, otherwise I'm going to get killed. I know this. Siva was on the trip, got Morocco, ba 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 took us to Yasa Arafat's house, and he was outside. He had sod. The place is the land of sand and stone. He had sod. Sod.
2: Shoot me in the head now.
3: He had sod. If I had any balls, I would have set him on fire. (laughs) Which I, obviously, I didn't have any balls. So, uh, freaking, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, it blew me away. It just blew it's
0: me away.
3: It's He actually got us all the way there to go to the West Bank so that we had no smoke, we had no drink. I said to the guys, l- l- let me take care of this. So I go to the, one of these guys. you got to let me borrow the car. got to let me borrow the car. Where are you going to go? i going to go up to the settlement. Oh, you shouldn't go. Said, Don't worry about it. I'm American. Just, just, just give it to me. So I drive up, brother, I get about halfway up and a steel thing comes up out of the ground. Like I hit the brakes, I said, whoa, take it easy, buddy, take it easy. I'm an American, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew. I started, oh, okay, okay, said, look, look, American. And look down here where it says the office Honolulu. I'm from Hawaii. I'm a Jewish kid. I can't bring a show them my star because I couldn't bring it in the country. Because if they find anything like that, you can bring yeah. it in. Or they'll kill you right there. They'll kill you right there. Guess what I come back with? Guess what I come back with?
0: A tattoo.
3: A chunk of black African hash <laughs> the size of my this oh, <laughs> long Lebanese crap, black African hash, and two cases of Budweiser.
2: Oh, the get strong down.
3: Budweiser, the European one, the European one where it's got more alcohol, yeah, where it's not like six or eight percent, it's like 20 percent alcohol.
0: Oh, God. Wow,
3: so I come back with two cases. So, listen to this. These fuckers, they've been ribbing me the whole time. Oh, you bought peanut bread. You bought peanut butter. I got it in my bag. It was an emergency. <laughs> well, at the end of the trip, they didn't want to fucking pay us. And we weren't going to wrestle.
0: Oh, Jesus. So,
3: so they threatened us. I called the, the the phone number for the Treasury Department that I had for in, the, in Israel. And I said, listen, this is where we're at. We're being threatened. We have to wrestle, but they're not going to pay us. You guys need to come get us, which they did. And they actually spoke to the a colonel of the Marine Corps, and they spoke to the the Palestinians, and they spoke to the police, and they spoke to the, uh, the Israelis. And the Israelis came and got us with oh. American helicopters and... Uh, 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 um, uh, fucking uh, the the um, uh, what do you call it? Israeli gunships. They had uh, you name oh, it. Geez. they Got us, and they had us on a, a bus that was an armored bus where the bottom of the bus went like this, so you know the bombs wouldn't go off. Yeah. And it was a it was a nightmare. Mm. But in the middle of the trip was the fun part where I got to finally get the hash and the drinking going. so that's my Dino Sata story for the night but you know then uh, you know who else John Alexander you know um, that's his real name his gimmick name was uh John Arisi. uh he used to have the um you know he used to have all the you know the the what do you call it you know the signups yeah. All that shit, you know, where the kids come and they, you know, the autographs. Yeah, the
0: conventions. So,
3: yeah. yeah, he would put me on his, his convention the first year, and Bill was taking pictures and. Yeah. So you know, I got to work with all the East Coast guys, and then eventually.
0: Sure. Yeah, John Rizzi, uh started the first wrestling show called the uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Right. right and right. he was the first one that started the uh, wrestling conventions. F- the fan conventions, I should say.
3: Right. It was it was very good. The one that I went to, the first one in 91. Yeah.
0: It was right. very
3: good. I mean, it was really, it really was very good. I mean, it was. Jeff,
0: good. did you ever work for Mrs. Maivia?
3: Well, I'll tell you a good story. Um, Auntie Lee and I were very close. Um, when I came to Hawaii, um, she really liked me. Um. She would call me she first she saw how I could talk and she would come watch at the where she had her ring set up to see if I could be something or not you know and yeah, she said to me, "I don't care what you do in the ring. I care what you say because what you could be taught what to do or, or someone can tell you what to do, but what to say is a is a gift, and you have that dab thing. And she said, look, you know, um, come meet me at the Outrigger, Malia. I go there for happy hour between 5 and 7 o'clock every Friday night. And I'll talk to you about the business and I'll help you. But she also assumed that I knew more than I did. But the things that she shared with me were things like, listen, don't do what the boys do. Don't get women pregnant all over the world. Don't marry a woman until you're done with the business. I know it's going to be difficult, especially if you have a long career, but there's too many women out there for you to stop doing what you're doing. And. To bring a child into this world and not be there, it's rampant in our business, and I don't want you to get involved with that. Um. She said, there are women in this world that are good people, but for the most part, like with anything else,
2: mm-hmm. mostly bad. And yeah. the
3: chances of you finding a good girl are slim to none compared to finding a bad girl. And I'd rather you be focused on your career and not focused over there. Yeah. Or something like that, because your mind isn't where it's supposed to be.
2: And yeah
3: stories you know
0: so she gave she you life stories. lessons.
3: yeah yeah it was every friday night for i mean for a good almost a year she always used to this is way this is when dwayne was like i was 26 he was 16 because we're 10 years apart she yeah was 16 years old um uh she, I, I met his mother uh, her her daughter a couple of times at King Curtis's house, but we never really had a conversation other than "Hi, how are you?" Um, right. With Rocky once, Rocky Johnson, I worked with him once in Florida. God, I was a drizzling shits. But uh, uh, but, but Leah was. She always used to call me her star. And when I went to work for Akbar at the end of ninety two at for Global Wrestling Federation on the ESPN. Yeah. She came. And went out to the ring with me. Wow.
0: That's right. She did. Was there and, 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 and you know, they said, look, you're heel. Does not matter she wants to go out to the ring
3: you go out to the ring if that's what she wants? And uh, she came out to the ring with me a whole bunch of times. Then I spoke to her over the phone periodically throughout the years. Um, I did speak to her probably about a year before she passed, and then I saw her at one of the very first. Yokozuna benefit memorial shows in 2001 right when I hurt my neck I had my neck in the in the brace it was right around September 2001
0: right when that was and uh, you know
3: I always loved alpha senior always loved the uh, Sika all the Samoan Samu and you know yeah. everybody everybody Tonga kid everybody you can name but you yeah know, for pops to hear what pops is our an affectionate word we call off of it. So yeah. For, so for opera to hear senior opera to hear her say, she I come in the room, she grabs my hand, she gets off. She literally grabs my hand, put, drags a chair over, puts me right next to her. And I'm looking at opera. And he's looking at me like, oh, you fucker. But he doesn't say that, but I can tell from his eyes he's like. And, <laughs> you know, this is my star, and I'm like, <laughs> right? He's like,
0: Go ahead, Mikey.
3: He couldn't say he sucks, he couldn't say that because he had to any give respect. anybody else, he would have said, Listen, he sucks, he just talks good. But then, was that was the last time, I'm actually, sure, I spoke to her after then, but. That's the last time I saw her. She was a wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful lady. Big Booster, big booster. Oh, Tony Baloney went off. Angelo,
0: he's... Right here.
3: Are well, you there? Well, where's your picture?
0: I'm Come right on. here.
3: Joe, Mike, Sam, Charlie, get on here. I'm right here. Hawaii time. Oh, I'm zoomed in on the beard. Okay, now I got two beards. Now I got one beard, and I got a beard and a half. There's the two beards. There we here go. There they are. So, you know, so like I said, I had a very, very good relationship. She's very loving towards me. I I, I can't, um, can't say it enough. She, what a wonderful, wonderful woman she was. Nobody's fool. And I'll tell you what she told me. She said, you know, one time she, you know, came into a bar and found Uncle Peter. There was women around him. And she went over there and beat the shit out of like seven women.
0: I heard that story. (laughs) Go ahead, Mike.
3: Peter was not afraid of anyone. He wasn't afraid of Andre. He wasn't afraid of anybody. And she told me, "Uh, Uncle Peter, you know to run away. (laughs) Because kill the best. (laughs) That's how she used to talk. Oh, you did so good. You're my star to this day, it reminds me, she's a wonderful, God, she was just such a wonderful person, honest to goodness. good. When I first met Dwayne, 96, Jimmy was being inducted, and you know, uh, if you're Samoan or you know Samoan language, sometimes they call each other sole, sometimes yeah. they call each other ush. Um, it's become more prevalent, what they say now as compared to what they did then. And he's walking down the hall, yeah. i like, like who's how are you and he just look at me who are you i said oh i'm, I'm friends with your grandma you know and he's like he's big smile on his face when i mentioned his grandma you know until this day the only reason why he knows my name is jeff is because of her because he went to her and said, grandma you know this guy said you i'm you're his he's your star and she immediately said metal maniac <laughs> You didn't call me Jeff, and then I kept that name, you know. But go ahead. So who's got another question? Because I, I
0: can't.
3: I don't know whose beard I like better, the the you
0: know. okay Mike.
1: Well, no, I mean, um, and this is fascinating. Like honestly, like I could listen to you tell some of these stories forever. Um, well, I've got so many of them. I,
3: I'm telling you, you
1: wouldn't.
0: That's why you're coming back for a part two, brother.
3: I
2: will be glad to do that. Good. But right, is there
3: anything else that you want to know? Because I'd love to tell you something.
0: Well, I'll tell you what we're gonna we're, we're hitting to get two hour mark on this. So what we're gonna do um, is we're gonna do a, a a part of the show we call Remember the Ref. Uh, so I'll just tell you, Jeff. you, um, Jeff. Uh, uh, it's been a rough week for the show. Uh, my co host passed away last week.
3: Holy shit. Sorry
0: yeah. And uh, they, uh, they laid him to rest on Saturday. And, uh, right. and Mike uh, and, uh, and Jeff the ref, as we called him, Jeff Robinson, was uh, dear friends with uh, Mike Kelleher. So Mike and I have decided to dedicate a segment each week called Remember the Ref. And so, right. uh, Mike, you got a, a special story tonight
1: i do i do i'm uh trying to pull up this photo real quick but um so jeff the ref okay um he and i since uh jeff miller you're not uh maybe aware of this but jeff the ref and i we've known each other our whole lives okay um grew up together played soccer and there's memories i have that we're gonna share over the years but this guy was as uh, Angelo loved to call him. The the, uh, guru, say
0: the guru who knew the Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica of pro wrestling.
1: The guru who knew brother, absolutely. Like this guy, you could you could ask him anything. He would be marking so hard to get to hear some of these stories. Oh my God! Yeah. So um
0: we yeah. lost a great mind, man. A really a great mind.
1: Absolutely, and so. You know, I am, uh, I'm pulling up this photo here, and please forgive me, but basically, um, you know, we want to share a memory of Jeff the Ref, okay? So this one, you know, everybody has – I mean, not everybody, but most of us live to be 21 years old, and that's usually a milestone in your life. Like maybe 10th birthday, 16th birthday, maybe you get your driver's license, but 20 for 18 is a big one. And then 21 is like the end-all, be-all, okay? And the
3: birthday where you lose your cherry, but that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, I don't know.
1: Uh, so I'm trying to pull up this story, this photo, because um, this will show you that Jeff the Ref had arguably the best 21st birthday party of anyone ever, okay? So... Um, here here's the uh photo here just give me two seconds and um you know i'm so sorry i had this thing pulled up and then um it kind of disappeared here but this this is a story that uh i went to his i went to his uh viewing and the funeral this past weekend and after after the viewing um I got some of the guys together, because he was involved with a lot of wrestlers down in Hampton Roads, Virginia, and um, I said, hey, why don't we go get some pizza and tell some Jeff the Ref stories, and this is one that no one knew, and I was shocked, so this is is a good one, and anybody that knows Jeff or knew Jeff will um, get a kick out of this, so um, bear with me for just a second. This internet connection is so slow here, Um, but just bear with me for just a second. While you're doing that,
0: Mike, I'll tell everybody who we got coming up. Yes, please. Thursday night, we've got Cowboy Johnny Mantel and Manny Fernandez on March the 17th.
3: Gotta love Manny.
0: Oh, Manny will be here. Uh, We've got Bob Cook coming in, Daredevil Dave Dahl. I've got Bruiser Brody's wife coming in, Jeff, Barbara Goodish. Wow. She'll be here on the 24th. And a guy that may be near and dear to your heart, John McGuire, J.J. McGuire, that wrote all the theme music for WWE, he and Jimmy Hart.
3: Oh, okay. I didn't
0: know that. Yeah, he'll be here on March the 26th. And if that were not enough...
3: (laughs) Let me tell you about Johnny Mantell. I went down to Global Wrestling Federation. I hit the ring at the wrong time. And Kerry Von Erich was down there with Black Bartner and they're having a the thing. And I'm everybody's supposed to hit the ring. I don't know why nobody else is coming. I'm telling it real quick. One thing leads to another. Finally, all the boys do get down there because I was way early. Uh, I got a couple of shots in the head. Like, what are you freaking doing? A big melee, whatever. <laughs> and so to teach me a lesson, Johnny Mantell, he could say no all day long, but I know he did it. He t- said to Dave Meltzer, "Listen, uh, Metal Maniac waited online to get and paid five bucks to get a picture with Kerry Von Erich." The truth was, as I sent my girl down, who was from Louisiana at that time, that girlfriend, and she wanted to go. I grabbed the referee, went way on the other side of the building, sent her down, and I waited for her ways away in my street clothes. Meantime, he tells Dave Meltzer, "In my gear, I paid five dollars. So when I come back to ECW." The sheet comes out and people are waving $5 bills. I mean, everybody was waving $5 bills. I literally lost my mind. And I was a complete rib and I, I didn't even know it. And I know it was Johnny Mantel because
2: nobody <laughs> else would want
3: to
0: Johnny Mantel. Oh, damn.
3: Then he says, oh, take this back to Cousin Luke. This is years away before 9-11. Gives me this package. It's about this big. And it's wrapped up with a nice bow so nobody can open it, you know what I mean? Just take this to Cousin Luke, it's a gift for him. Well, I get it back to New Jersey, I give it to him, it's a fucking bag of smoke, telling me to carry the smoke. What do I know, yeah? <laughs> right. I'll take it up, sure, no problem.
1: God, Mikey, what do you got? You know, it's, this is really pissing me off because I had the photo pulled up here.
3: Angelo, this is all your fault because the staff work, that's this picture should have been posted up and immediately put in when we did this conversation. I can't believe you Andrew. Well
0: it it'll be it'll, it will appear tonight on the video along with <laughs> pictures of Metal Maniac and video clips of said Metal Maniac. Oh God, I don't know what video clips you're showing, but the ones that I sent you at least I know I'm it's livable. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I have, have one God. Thank I myself. have one, Jeff. It's you and Jimmy working for Dino Santa in Williamstown, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, that was the uh, the so-called $5,000 I quit match.
3: Wow, that was in the early 90s. It sure was,
0: 1992.
3: I was, still wearing, I was still wearing the black and pink. Yep. And- I sent you I sent you a video of a match that's edited, meaning all the crap was edited out and just the action. Yeah. That one that was a Dino Santa show too. Yeah. That I sent you. Uh, and that one was a good one and Jimmy worked his ass off. But I didn't know until then what I was doing. Before then, if that match you have was before that night. Oh God! I
2: must
0: have been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was actually a really—it was a really good match.
3: Yeah, but you got to know, Jimmy's probably holding me up. At least by the time that I did the match that I didn't, I, the one that I sent you—I sent you two. One's a three-part video, and one's just the actual, just the wrestling, and it and it cuts from, you know, getting in to going and doing bang bang bang. It shows the angle and everything, but it's cut. That's where I actually knew what I was doing. Yeah. What you talk about I still didn't know yet. Jimmy was take your hand, put it here, and that. <laughs> take your hand and put it there, and do that, and take your hand and put it there, and do that.
1: Exactly.
3: That's how he taught me. Come on, brother, man, my beard is getting longer as we.
1: speak. All right, so I'm going to tell you this story. Go ahead. <laughs> and then. Uh... We can add the photo later. This is, uh, this is pissing me off so much. But so Jeff the Ref was turning 21 that day that WCW came to town in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. All right. All right. So he, uh, he got to the show, and he knew the hotel that the guys usually stayed at. So what does Jeff the Ref do? But somehow work his way um, to the bar where usually uh, the, the guys would go to. Yeah. And somehow or another, it came out that it was Jeff the Ref's birthday. And the guys were all, all you know, happy for him. And they said, How old are you? He said, Oh, I, I'm turning 21 today. And then a certain somebody, a 16 time, World heavyweight champ by the name of Woo Rick Flair says, yeah. "This is what we're gonna do." Uh oh. We're for it, and you're gonna drink it. And <laughs> that Jeff the Ref got obliterated with Rick Flair and a whole bunch of other WCW stars on his twenty first birthday. Now you find me that's something to have a better birthday than that. He's lucky that's I never got to meet Flair. Doesn't
0: get any better than that, my friend.
1: Well there's a picture of rat of uh, the ref and, and flair together. So I will send that to you and okay. you can uh, post that with this. I am so pissed off that I didn't get to Oh no,
0: that's it. okay. We'll insert it in video.
1: Not but right. uh Tell me, Angelo. Oh, post-production. Post-production. Brother. Absolutely. Post-production.
0: That's why we edit. Well, Jeff, listen, my friend. Oh, wait, thank you so much for your time and the story.
3: Angelo, what do you call the name of your show?
0: This is Wrestling with the Future.
3: This is the Metal Maniac with Wrestling in the Future. And I'm on with the beard guy and the dummy from New York. And you have been watching the ultimate professional wrestling discussion right here. The Metal Maniac. And get it right, you chubby dummies, because I will come to your house. I will snatch you, and I will put you to sleep, and I will take your wife out for a piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I cleaned that up. I didn't want his beard to go.
0: On that note, for the mental maniac Jeff Miller.
3: A papaya. Get a look for at
0: Mad it. Mike Kelleher. <laughs>
3: It, this is Psyche Medium Angelo. Mike just flexed and absolutely nothing happened.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> Until I see you guys next week. Same time. Same,
3: time, same, same channel, podcast baby, network. Tune back We're wrestling and with the future. You, be on this show, you better have Skype ready <laughs> a month before. Otherwise, when they call you, you won't set the thing to go off and say it was like. <laughs> <laughs> I need bing, bing,
0: bing. Get up, get up, get up. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody, and happy wrestling. <laughs> and hello.